So, well, good morning. How's everyone doing today? That's what I like to say. First thing I always like to say, I um, hope you guys are doing well. Thank you guys for joining um, us this morning. And um, so recently I was watching uh, an Illinois basketball game. Uh, I talk about sports a lot, but <clears throat> I was watching an Illinois basketball game on Monday, actually. They were playing Purdue, just for any of you Illinois fans out there. Um, unfortunately, we lost in double overtime, and it was a great game, but as I was watching, I caught myself doing something. I caught myself like, man, we're losing, and it's all because of the officials. Like, who else has done that? Everybody's hands should probably be up, yeah. I see Eric over there. He didn't raise his hand, but um, <laughs> so we, we all tend to do that. We always want to blame someone or blame something else when our team is losing, um, especially in sports, and it could be in other things too. But I kept telling myself, it's so obvious that Purdue is getting all the calls. It's so obvious that the refs are favoring them, that they're showing partiality to them because, I don't know why, because I was like, and then I checked myself a little bit, I'm like, wait a second, I actually don't know what's going through their head, right? So I have no idea, I just needed somebody to blame. I just needed somebody to blame for us losing, it, it, could have, it was probably more because of the 17 straight points that we gave up. It was probably because we didn't hit a shot in the first half. Turned out to be a great game, but um, unfortunately we lost, like I said. But I, I had to, like, I often, when I'm watching sports especially and, and other things, I have to check myself and kind of bring myself back to reality. And just a side note real quick, um, do I agree with every single call that a, an official makes? Absolutely not. I don't. But... Uh, I, I do have, I, I've learned to have so much respect for them because I would absolutely hate their job because whatever call they make, it's gonna be wrong for somebody. So that's a tough job to have. Now I bring up this story because I talked about how I thought that they were favoring Purdue and today that's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about the idea of partiality or um, favoritism. Now uh, just, just to be a little bit vulnerable here, I actually struggled a lot with this message this week, so bear with me a little bit. I think it's, and I was talking to as I was praying and talking to Jim a little bit, I realized that I think it's something that we probably all struggle with, and especially I struggle with, so um, that, and I'm speaking to myself when I, on this message, so uh, I had to just kind of take a moment with that and just pray. That's why I wanted Jim really to pray with me, because it's, I struggled a little bit coming up with this message, but anyway. So the idea of favoritism, the word favor, when I think of that word, I, automatic, I automatically think, for some reason, not sure why my brain goes here, but I think of an icebreaker. So an icebreaker question usually is, what is your favorite food? What is your favorite color? What is your favorite song? Your favorite um, song, movie? Any, any, any of those questions. And, it's, and if you guys have been in any sort of group, you guys have probably done icebreaker questions. You guys have probably been a part of those questions, because they're great conversation starters. They're actually great to do. But one thing that I've noticed, I don't know if I've ever heard the question, and maybe you guys have, but who is your favorite person in this room? I don't, that's kind of a question no one wants to answer, right? Like we all have an idea of maybe who we're thinking of when we think that. We've probably heard separate things um, like, like who's your hero, things like that, but we've never heard it worded like that. And I think clearly the Bible actually states, um, states that. Don't have like favorite people or, um, I mean, you can, I don't know if how I'm gonna say this exactly because you can have favorites like towards like, like my, I love my wife. My wife is my favorite person. But 
Like, I like Jim a lot, but maybe not as much as I like my wife. But, um, <laughs> so, but we're, we're called not to be partial towards certain groups of people. That's, that's where I want to go with that today. Before I get into what the Bible says exactly, I want to define partiality. And the Bible, um, BibleHub.com actually says, it defines partiality as the inclination to favor one party or one side. Now, I would define it as maybe loving one group of people differently than another group. For example, loving the rich or giving them more attention, giving the rich people with nice things more attention to the poor with like maybe not so nice things. Not being partial means to show the same type of love to all types of people. And now showing partiality to certain people over others can actually be, I believe it's a really subtle thing in our lives. It's something that we don't always think about. It's something that's kind of just there, but, and we just kind of go on through our day. But I think it's so subtle because most of us actually tend to gravitate towards people that are like, that are easy to talk to, that are like us. Um, and it actually might take a little bit more effort to, to say, you know, I'm actually gonna go step out of my comfort zone and talk to that other person, talk to someone that's different than me. And before I get into it, I do want to say something. I don't, I don't think uh, being partial or not being partial means that we can't have boundaries. I think that we can have boundaries with people, and you can set boundaries with people, and um, that's actually a healthy thing to do in our lives. So I want to pray, and I'm going to jump in um, with what, and James and what the Bible talks about this. So let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for the opportunity to just read um, your word and gather together to do it. We just pray that you open our hearts and minds as we Listen to your word and listen to the idea of um, how we are called to love each person equally and um, each type of people, group of people equally. So we thank you for who you are and your presence here today. In your name we pray. Amen. So we have been in the book of James um, this past couple weeks in a series called Wholehearted. And today we're going to talk about what I'm going to call wholehearted relationships. We talk about whole, wholehearted relationships. I'm talking about like loving those people that might be harder to love or that aren't like us. So in James 2 is where we're going to be at today, and specifically in the first part of James. And in this, in this first part of James 2, we see James giving us some strict instructions on how to treat people. And you guys have probably heard the phrases, don't play favorites, or treat everyone equally. You might have heard those phrases maybe in your, in your job, or maybe it's at school, or maybe it's at church, maybe it's in sports. Like, you hear those phrases quite often, and those are all, they're great phrases, and they're actually biblical phrases. So I want to pick up in James 2, starting in verse 1. It says, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to point out a few things, unpack this just a little bit. But first thing that I want to point out, James says, my brothers, and in another translation, he says, dear brothers and sisters. He actually does this a lot in the book of James. He, like, he wants to be clear. He wants you to be listening. And he's actually, when he says, dear brothers and sisters, or my brothers, he's talking to the family. He's talking to the family of God. He's talking to us. See, James is addressing it to all of us, meaning we probably all struggle with this at some point in our lives. And he really wants to make sure we're listening. And he talks about, he goes on to talk about how we have faith in Jesus, if we claim to have faith in Jesus. 
Um, so when we put our faith in him, Jesus forgives us. And the thing about it is, Jesus doesn't say, I'm gonna forgive you, I'm not gonna forgive you. He actually forgives all of us, and he actually treats us all the same. Romans 2.11 says, for God shows no partiality. He doesn't play favorites with us. Now, I, I personally think I'm God's favorite, but he's also Jim's favorite. He's Carolyn's favorite. So, Carolyn's his favorite. So, so we're all his favorite. You see, God, he wants all of us in his family. He doesn't just say, like the analogy I used before, he doesn't say, ooh, you went 55 miles an hour in that 35 miles an hour zone the other week, and this guy over here, he only went 35 and a 30, so he's gonna get in, but you're gonna be pushed back. He doesn't say that, does he? You see, his love is for every single person, and he invites us into it. And his love isn't conditional, As in, he loves us no matter what. He loves us regardless of what we do. But now I wanna stop here, I wanna stop, and I wanna point this out. That doesn't give you and I the permission, just because he loves us, it doesn't give you and I the permission to go do all these bad and all these sinful things, because God still wants what's best for us. He calls us to holiness, to purity. He wants what's best for us. The book Good and Beautiful God by James Bryan Smith states this, love does not demand love in return. I'm gonna read that again. Love does not demand love in return. God loves us, but he doesn't demand our love in return. He doesn't say, I love, just because I love you, You have to love me. He doesn't say that. He invites us into that relationship. He wants a relationship with us, but in his love, he actually gives us free choice to enter into that relationship. It's not forced. It's not demanded. Lastly, in that first verse, James is telling us that because because Jesus doesn't show partiality, neither should we. If we have faith in him, we should do what he does, and not show partiality. As I was studying for this message, I read something that I thought was really good, and it was a short but very profound statement that read, genuine faith loves. So when we have real, genuine faith, the kind of faith that we actually believe in our heart of hearts, we don't just say it, but we actually believe it, when we have that kind of faith, we show genuine love to those around us. Not just the people that are easy to talk to, not just the people that are like us, not just the people that have nice things, everyone. We show true love to each person we encounter. Now I wanna move on to James um, 2, and we're gonna go into verse two here. It says, for if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or you sit at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? That's kind of hard to read. When I was studying, I was like, man, that's kind of a gut punch. 
And I, as I was thinking of kind of a story about this, I, I thought of a real-life story that's actually displays this really well of what not to do. And so my wife actually, my wife Michaela, she loves purses. Good for her. I, I don't like purses, but it's fine. Um, but I, she loves purses, and uh, she had this dream of getting a Louis Vuitton purse. And she saved up her money. She worked really hard and did, um, did a great job of saving that up. And she was able to get that, this Louis Vuitton purse. And one thing we noticed, one thing um, she noticed, and she was telling me about it, and I was like, that can't be true. But what happened was, before she had this purse, she, she would walk around without it, so just without a purse, and people were kind of not, they were kind of, I wouldn't say rude, but they weren't as friendly to her. They were, they wouldn't like go out of their way to hold the door. They wouldn't be nice and like start up a conversation uh, and check out. They wouldn't like make it a point to smile at her as she's walking. And when we really noticed this, this was like in, in an airport and in, at, like a, at like a big shopping mall. And, but after, so the crazy thing is, after she had this purse and she's, she, she's wearing this purse on, on her shoulder, she noticed something different. And she's like, people actually like walk past me and give me this big smile. They actually hold the door for me. They're actually starting up a conversation with me at the checkout. And I was like, that is wild to me. And this is exactly what James is telling us not to do, to not do that. Don't treat people differently just because they have nice things or, or um, even if they don't have nice things, don't treat them differently. Treat people the same. And I'm not, now what I'm, I want you to hear what I'm not saying, it's okay to have nice things, totally okay. I don't want you to hear me saying that. But it's, it, it's our posture of how we treat people and how we show love towards people because of those nice things. So now we've talked about how partiality is not what James is calling us to. And we're supposed to have genuine faith, right? And do, like, for one, what we want to do for everyone. Now, we say, what's that solution, though? What's the solution to, to not showing partiality? I want to jump down to verse 12, and, um, and, I, and it reads this. So speak and so act as though who are to, those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And the, this scripture is actually using the word judgment, um, which I, I would consider it's pretty, pretty similar to, to partiality or to favoritism. But if you notice, what does it say that the opposite is? What triumphs? Um, judgment, what triumphs partiality? It says mercy triumphs, triumphs um, judgment, judge it, or triumphs partiality. God says don't judge people by how they look or act or talk. Instead, show mercy. And I wanna take a moment just real quick to differentiate between grace and mercy because oftentimes we might look at the two at the same. I know it's something that I had to kind of uh, distinct, uh, make a distinction between the two. So grace is courteous goodwill, meaning that it is not asked for nor deserved, but it's freely given. And mercy, on the other hand, is the compassion and kindness shown to someone whom it is in one's power to punish or harm. It is an act meant to relieve their suffering. 
A good way to define mercy is not giving them what they deserved. So grace is receiving something we don't deserve, and mercy is not receiving what we do deserve. That's, that helped me understand it. So a couple examples. Mercy is like forgiving your child for painting on the wall. So they're very remorseful, and they say, okay, it's okay, forgiving them. That's, that's mercy. Mercy is like forgiving your child for painting on the wall. But grace, on the other hand, is forgiving them, but then saying, all right, let's go, let's go grab some ice cream. Sounds kind of crazy. Mercy is like if you get pulled over and the police officer doesn't give you the ticket. But grace, on the other hand, is like you get pulled over and the police officer, here's your story and here's what you need, and he gives you $100 instead of giving you a ticket. Mercy is compassion. So, so both, all these, both grace and mercy, both are great. But I wanna talk about mercy because in this scripture it talks about mercy triumph, triumphs over judgment. So mercy is compassion. Mercy reaches out to help those in need. Mercy is what causes you to love your enemy. It's what motivates you to help a stranger. It's kind when others are unkind. It's loving when others are unloving. It treats everyone equally when you don't feel treated equally. See, the thing is, any selfish person can show partiality or can show favoritism towards a certain group of people. But it actually takes a transformed heart to demonstrate real mercy. Mercy is actually your weapon against partiality. Now we show mercy because of our genuine faith and we show mercy because Jesus is a part of our lives. When we begin that relationship with Jesus, he transforms our lives, transforms our hearts, so that we can love people, so that we, he guides us and directs us and helps us, just, his mercy falls, as, falls on us when we begin a relationship, and in turn, we can receive the mercy and then give away the mercy. And the cool thing is, before like, we began a relationship with Jesus, we probably wouldn't have shown the mercy we do today because we have the Holy Spirit in us and guiding us. James continues to mention this mercy thing and partiality thing again, in James 3, just a quick verse here, it says, but the wi- verse 3, James 3, 17 says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So wisdom is demonstrated by God's people. When us, when they are full of mercy and don't show partiality. Mercy says, even though they're different from me, I'm gonna love them anyway. They might not be exactly what I want them to be, but I'm gonna honor them and show them respect. And a verse that I love that kind of ties this all together is Colossians 3.12. It says, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If you notice, it says to clothe yourselves. We're supposed to clothe ourselves with mercy. See, for the follower, so anyone who has a, G, uh, a relationship with Jesus, mercy should be as common as the, the clothes on our back. And it shouldn't be a strange thing for us or for people to, um, to go, uh, it shouldn't be a strange thing to find some, one of us or find a believer who treats everyone with equal value. But it seems like yet too often in our world today that 
like the people out in the world that need Jesus, struggle to see the church as a place they can come and they can receive that mercy, receive that compassion um, that, might be, that they might be mi- missing from the world. Now, I believe that when we begin to put this actually into practice in our everyday life, our perspective will actually shift. See, everyone is valued and is worthy in the kingdom of God. And when we show no partiality, we don't show favoritism towards one group of people or the other, it's actually gonna give us a perspective and just a kind of a heart shift um, of an appreciation of the value and the, the worthiness that each person brings. So it's gonna see, so this person that has a lot of nice things, they have value in the kingdom. The person that has the homeless man on the street, he also has value in the kingdom of God. When we don't show partiality towards, towards people, our, our perspective in that, in that sense will change, will shift. So James instructs us to do the things that Jesus did. If you read the book of James, you see that. And we saw today that one of those things is to not show partiality and to treat people equally. Jesus didn't show partiality towards anyone. He doesn't doesn't do it towards us. And we're called to do the same. Regardless of the differences or the similarities of the people around us. And I mentioned this before, but showing partiality can actually be a subtle thing in our lives, right? We might not mean to do it. But when we have a genuine faith in Jesus, it'll become more natural, a more natural response to do those things because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. As you go from here today, I wanna encourage you with... um, with something, I want you to encourage you to take some time this week to ask Holy Spirit, where are some places in your life that you may be showing partiality towards certain people? And I just want you to ask him, ask him to direct you, to guide you in those places and to ask him for his hand in guiding you to make that extra effort to show the love that he Shows that he shows to, towards those people. So when we have genuine faith in Jesus, we love genuinely and begin to develop wholehearted relationships with those around us. And I wanna leave you with the same quote, just to, as you guys are thinking about this, the same quote that I read earlier from the book, The Good and Beautiful God by James Bryan Smith. Love does not demand love in return. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much just for the, the word, for your word and for your love and your faithfulness in our lives. Thank you for valuing each person equally. And Father, even as we go from here, we pray that um, you show us how we can, show, we can show your love to those around us. Father, we just pray for mercy to be over our lives, that we just receive your mercy so we can give away your mercy. Thank you for who you are, and even as we go into worship, that we would just continue to feel your presence. In your name we pray, amen.